Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. Who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. Amen, amen. God bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you. Day in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. I hope that as many as are under the sound of my voice today, that you are blessed and highly favored, that the good things of God are flowing in your life. Listen to me, child of God. If the good things of God are not flowing in our lives. And what what the Lord is dealing with me on now is something very simple, very simple parable. Your sink, if it gets stopped up or it gets clogged, the water will not flow out of it properly. I I was in uh, Uganda a few months ago And there was a bathroom in my hotel room. And there were some items put down the sink that should not have been put down the sink. And they clogged the sink up so the water was not able to flow out of the sink properly. The water would stand there in the sink and would take a very long time before the water will run out. Well, guess what, children of God? Some of our blessings are doing just like that water. Some of our blessings are taking a long time to to flow and a long time to get to this. And just as that sink in my hotel room was clogged because items were put down that sink, that were not supposed to be there. Sometimes in our life, we have things that are not supposed to be there. And they are stopping up. They are hindering our blessings from flowing like God wants them to flow. My prayer for everyone under the sound of my voice today is that your blessings will flow. Your blessings in your life will flow. In the mighty name of Jesus, your blessings in your marriage, in your ministry, in your finances will flow. As we get the thing, what do we have to do with a sink that is stopped up? We have to get what is blocking the flow out of the way. Well, sometimes we have to do that in our lives. Sometimes we have to do that, and the Lord is bringing in my spirit now 
Abram had to do it with his own nephew Lot. He had to separate from Lot in order that the blessings of God, the promises of God, might flow in, in his life. My prayer for every one of you under the sound of my voice, that whatever is blocking your blessings, whatever is hindering your blessings, may you remove it from your life. The people, the places, the things that are blocking or hindering the blessings in your life, may they be removed in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes the blessings of God are not flowing in our life. Like Abram, God's promise was not coming to him because he did not separate from Lot. God said, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. Abram took Lot, which was his people. And as long as Lot traveled with Abram, God did not manifest the fullness of his blessings in Abram's life. Sometimes it's the wrong people. Sometimes we are we have the wrong people in our life and they are hindering the blessings of God. God, in essence, saying, I can't give you the blessings I want to give you now, not with those people in your life. Those people that God knows that sometimes the wrong people in our life with the right blessing from God will be a disaster. The wrong people, I thank you, Holy Spirit, the wrong people in our life with the right blessing from God will be a disaster. God be sitting back saying, "Uh uh-uh, you got to get them out of your life first. Sometimes it's the places that we are in. God saying, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, I can't can't give you the blessings I want to give you as long as you go in there, as long as you keep frequenting that place or that spot. Sometimes it's the places that we are going. And sometimes it's the things. People, places, and things. God saying, I I can't give you the blessings that I want to give you as long as you're doing this thing or that thing. So understand, my brother and sister, that in order to get the blessings of God flowing in our lives, we got to deal with the people, the places, and the things that God does not want in our lives. In order to get the water flowing in our sink, we got to deal with those things that have no business being there, whether it be hair or whether it be grease or whether it be whatever. If it's not supposed to be there, it can clog up your sink. If it's not supposed to be there, it can clog the blessings of God in your life. So I encourage you, child of God, let us uh, be diligent and vigilant in removing from our lives people, places, and things that should not be there. Bless the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to finish our topic we started yesterday. Faith comes by hearing. And we thank God for everything he shared with us. We were not able to uh, meet on last night as we had a meeting 
with one insurance broker here at the church. And uh, we got signed up for some very needed insurances. So we apologize for that. But we are going to uh, kick off today and continue today with our message, Faith Comes by hearing. We thank God for everything that he shared with us on yesterday concerning this particular topic. We're going to take a look at the book of James, chapter 2 and verse 26. The book of James, chapter and verse 26. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, For as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. Once again, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. We're still working from our theme. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your name today. We thank you, Father, for the privilege of life the privilege of salvation, the privilege of being able to share your word with your people. I pray for each of us under the sound of my voice today that we will hear well. You have led us to know that faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God. We pray that the word of God will come in our hearing today and that we will receive it well. Speak, Father, for your children, your people have gathered in this place of worship to hear what your spirit has to say to the church. Forgive us, Father, as we have sinned. We have thought what we shouldn't have thought. We have said what we shouldn't have said. We have done what we shouldn't have done. Have mercy on us, Father, as we have not yet been made perfect. But, Father, we press on. 
to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. As we study today, Heavenly Father, open our eyes of understanding, open our minds, open our hearts to a new revelation, to a new level of glory that we may hear something, understand something from you that will help us go higher in our faith. Do these things for us, Heavenly Father, and we will forever give your name glory, honor, and praise. These and all other blessings we ask and we count done in the mighty, the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength and our Redeemer. Let God's people say, Amen. Amen. And Amen. Faith. The substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. Faith. It is one of our greatest tools, one of our greatest weapons in the kingdom of God. It is so important, so necessary for us as children of God that God says that without it, it is impossible to please God. But then in another scripture, the Bible tells us that all things are possible them that believe. Another way of saying, if you have faith, everything opens up to you. Without faith, you can't please God. Faith. Faith. Our faith in Christ is what causes us to be saved. Faith is so important and so powerful and so potent that our salvation, the difference between us spending eternity in the presence of God and of the angels and us being sent to hell for all eternity is predicated on Faith. Faith. We see here in the book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, we see the close connection 
between faith and works or faith and deeds. James, who was the half-brother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was not always a believer, just like you and I. You know, there was one way we talked, one way we walked, one way we thought before we became believers. And there's another way we talk and another way we think and another way we walk and another way we deal with one another, another way we handle situations and problems now that we are believers. Faith is such an awesome concept that it changes people. It rearranges people. Faith changes nations. Faith changes marriages. Faith changes relationships. Faith is one of the most powerful forces in creation. James, the same brother of Jesus that did not believe in Jesus. John, I believe it is chapter 7, wanted Jesus to go to the feast in Jerusalem, even though Jesus was being withheld from going publicly by the Holy Spirit. James felt like anybody that wants to be a public figure does not act in secret. Go to the feast. Go to feast. Jesus said, I'm not going to the feast. Any time for you is good. But for me, the right time has not yet come. This James is now a pillar in the early church. This James is now a believer. And the thing I love about the word of God, children of God, is that in the word of God, God will often show us how men and women talked, how men and women thought before they became believers. See, James was not a believer in John 7th chapter. He's a now a believer in James, the second chapter. My prayer for every one of you under the sound of my voice is that just as there was a before you were saved, there will be a you after you are saved. We see a great difference in James before salvation and after salvation. May we see a great difference in me and in you before salvation and after salvation. James is now speaking under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Now, now God says, Robert, deal with this a little and share this with my people. Before 
we are saved. We are talking all kinds of nonsense. People that are not saved, at the end of the day, what they are talking is all sorts of nonsense. But once we are saved, God wants to bring us to a place of oneness. Remember, there you know, there are millions, billions of voices prior to salvation. One talking this, one talking that. But once we are saved, there should be one voice that we are speaking under the unction of. My prayer for you today, children of God, is that you will speak in the one voice that God desires for us to speak under. You say, well, Apostle, what is the one voice that God desires us to speak under? The one voice that God wants you and God wants me to speak under the unction of is the voice of his Holy Spirit. As I've shared with you, remember, Jesus told Martha, we went over it a little yesterday. Jesus told Martha, only one thing is needed. Only one thing was needed. Martha was upset. She was worried. It seemed like her sister Mary was not helping her. She was felt like she was doing all the work by herself. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. There are some of you under the sound of my voice, you are worried and upset about many things because you haven't learned yet to listen only to the voice of God. My prayer for you today, my prayer for you today is that you will learn to listen only to the voice of God. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. In other words, Jesus said, I'm not going I'm not going to have Mary all disturbed and all anxious and all worried about stuff like you are. Mary's not going to come down to where you are. You need to come up to where Mary is. My encouragement to you, child of God, or you under the sound of my voice. We're trying to get God's people that have found peace with God to come down to where you are and be upset and worried about all kind of things. And you come on up to where the people of God are. People of God who are experiencing a peace which surpasses all understanding. People of God who are not worried and not upset by much of anything because they know that all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. God wants you to come on up. God wants us to come on up. To come on up to what, Apostle? What would God want us to come up to? To come up to God's thinking. God will allow us 
to know what he is thinking. Yes, that's right. Our Heavenly Father. Look, there, a lot of times people don't want you to know what they're thinking because they, they're thinking something bad. You know, how many times have you ever looked at a, a situation, looked at a circumstance and thought something bad? You didn't want to tell people what you were thinking because you were thinking something bad. But God is never thinking bad. So he doesn't mind sharing his thoughts with us. Well, what is God thinking? As awesome as our Heavenly Father is, as awesome as the creator of the universe is, as awesome as he is, he'd tell us his thoughts. I said, Lord, what you thinking? I'd be like, Lord, what do you be thinking? As awesome as you are. And your thoughts being as high above our thoughts as the heavens are above the earth, you, you got to talk to God. If you are not in a relationship where you can talk with God and commune with God and fellowship with God, my prayer for you is today that you will enter into a relationship where you can talk with God and you'll never be lonely again. Lord, what you be thinking, Lord, said Robert, I think my word. If you ever wonder what God be thinking, what God be thinking about, he be thinking about his word. When you and I search the scriptures, we are getting into the mind of God. My God, my God, I wish I had somebody in here to help me preach this this morning. When we get into the word of God, listen to me, children of God. You are tuning into this broadcast this morning. I know some of you got some crazy reasons that's that's that jesus had some people that will listen to him for some crazy reasons but there's some of you that are listening to this broadcast because you want to know the thoughts and the words of god see the bible says out of abundance of a man's heart his mouth speaks i don't have to yeah all i gotta do is listen to you i know what's in your heart just let me listen to you Hey, how you doing? And let you start talking. I will find out what's in your heart. You'll find out what's in my heart because out of the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth speaks. And see, this is why God, listen to me, children of God. This is why God wants me and you to be filled up with his word. So that when we open our mouths, it is not nonsense we are talking. When we open our mouths, it is not gossip that we're talking. When we open our mouths, it is not foolishness that we're talking. But God says, I want my children to open their mouth, and it is me. It is my word that they are talking. May you and I preach. Teach, speak God's word. May you and I meditate, dwell upon, think upon God's word. God said, Robert, my word has medicinal properties that are greater than that of the doctors. That is greater than that of medicine. God's word. God, listen to me, children of God. God's word has medicinal properties 
that the doctors don't even know about. God's word. It is God's word. Listen, if God through his word can create everything that exists. If God through his word can create everything that exists, can his word heal us? Can his word deliver us? Can his if his word can save us? If his word can heal us if his word can do all the what is it that his word can't do other than sin now we sin but god never does the god listen the god in you child of god has never sinned the god in me has never sinned but me i have you you have so what does God want us to do? He wants us to focus more of our attention on the God that is in us. Mm-mm. See, God said, look, since the God in you have never sinned, the God in you has never done wrong. But you have done wrong. Why? Because you were not listening to the God that is in you. God says, focus more attention on me. Focus more attention on the God that is in you. And that's what Jesus did. Bible says that Jesus always did the things that were pleasing in the eyesight of God. Always. Jesus always obeyed the Holy Spirit. Jesus always listened to the Holy Spirit. We don't. I know. I, I know. I, children of God, I did some craziness this morning. I ain't talking about yesterday. I'm talking about. But Jesus always did the things that were pleasing in the eyesight of God. And I encourage you, my brother and my sister. Listen to the Spirit of God. The spirit of truth. You know, he's in us. He's alive in us, telling us not to do certain things, telling us not to say certain things, telling us not to go certain places. God said the problem is not with my spirit in my people, Robert. God said the problem is with my people not listening to my spirit that is in my people. It's when we don't listen. God says, I'm not pleased because it is they that are led by the spirit of God that are the sons of God. God says, I want you to listen. If you if you ever wonder what God, what you want, father, what you want from me? Little old Robert Bryant, what do you want from me? God said, Robert, I want you to listen to my spirit more. Listen. Obey. Look, what we say? Faith comes by hearing. God says, I want you to hear me more. The Bible lets us know in James 2 and 26. Because when you look at James chapter 2, as we talked about, verses 14 through 26, Scripture tells us of faith 
and deeds. Now, understand this, my brother or my sister. The right faith. Now, faith, God says, deal with this, Robert, so, so my people will understand something. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, what we hear has much to do with our faith. This is why sound doctrine is so important in our life. And this is why the adversary works so hard on humanity hearing false doctrine. And that's what the Bible says will be popular in the last days, children of God. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. In order to have a sound faith, you must have a sound doctrine. Well, the adversary knows this. This is why he's sending many false prophets out into the world preaching false doctrine so that you will not have a sound faith. Sound faith, you've got to have sound doctrine. Unsound faith, unsound doctrine. This is why some people are miserable in churches and miserable in their walks with the supposed walks with God and miserable in their relationship and things are not happening for them and not turning out what well, a doctrine is not sound. You put the wrong fuel in a car and see how you you instead of putting uh, uh, your car calling for unleaded gasoline, put some uh, ethanol, some some rubbing alcohol in your car and see how it runs. See how it runs. It won't run far and it won't run long because the wrong fuel. Some of us are receiving the wrong fuel. Some of us are preaching the wrong fuel. And it's doing more harm. The Lord had to tell them in the Corinthians, they, their meetings were doing more harm than good. We need sound doctrine. James 2. 14 through 26 deals with our faith, which comes by hearing. Now, now God says, deal with this, Robert. The same way the right faith can come with the right hearing, understand that the wrong faith can come with the wrong hearing. In other words, not only can fear, not, not, not only can faith come by hearing, because depending on what you're hearing, a whole lot of things can come by hearing. Fear can come by hearing. Doubt can come by hearing. Unbelief can come by hearing if you're hearing the wrong stuff. Listen, listen, I, 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 my hope is, as many of you all that I'm seeing that have, that have tuned into this broadcast, Listen to me. If you are hearing the wrong stuff, please stop coming in here. If I'm preaching some unsound doctrine, if I'm preaching some stuff that you have gone back and studied and found out, that's not true. What apostle talk? Please don't listen to me anymore. Because my heart's desire is to preach and teach 
sound doctrine. Lord, if I don't have a congregation, Lord, if I don't have the largest congregation, Lord, if I'm not well spoken of a men, let me preach and teach sound doctrine. If people don't like me or if people do, if people don't want to be with me or people do, if people don't believe in me or people do, Lord, let me preach sound doctrine. Now, one of the ways you can tell sound doctrine is being preached and teached in your hearing. How popular is it? How popular is it? Because understand, the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. See, see, false doctrine has always been very popular, and a whole lot of people been jumping and, and running behind it. But sound doctrine, you know, Jesus said it like this. He said, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. For in the same way their forefathers treated the false prophets which were before you. But blessed are you when men hate you, when men exclude you, when men insult you, when men reject your name as evil. For in the same way their fathers treated the prophets which were before you. How popular is it? Because true prophets have never, for the most part, been well spoken of in their generation. And you go back throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible. False prophets, I mean true prophets, have been, have been stoned, have been beaten, have been excommunicated. Look at the early apostles. These these men were not a part of the religious establishment of the day. In fact, the Sanhedrin told them not to preach or teach any longer in the name of Jesus. The, true Christianity has always been a a fringe movement, a, a outside of the lines kind of movement. My brother and my sister, you need to understand, you know, that being a Christian, a true Christian, has always been a very radical endeavor. A very radical. Woe unto you. Jesus said, woe unto you. Hey, Jesus said, woe when all men speak well of you. For in the same way their fathers treated the false prophets which were before you. But blessed are you. Blessed are you when we are hated, we are excluded, we are insulted, a name rejected as evil because of Christ and because of his true word. James. Ask a question in verse 14. 
He said, what good is it? My brothers and my sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but no deeds. James said, what, what, what good, what is, what good is that? You know, true faith will always manifest itself in true deeds. True faith will always manifest itself because true faith is, is screaming and crying out to manifest. True faith has, has got to manifest. If it's true faith, there must be a manifestation. True faith can't stay quiet. True, true faith can't sit quietly. True faith has to manifest. My prayer for every one of you under the sound of my voice is that your faith will manifest. Your faith will, your faith will propel you to do what God is calling for you to do. Listen, I hope you all don't think I'm just here preaching and teaching like this every every morning or every evening just to be doing something. The Lord has compelled me to proclaim his words in this last and evil days, in this wicked and adulterous generation. God is a God. Man, let me try not preaching. Man, and, and see what kind of trouble I would get in. One prophet said, uh, I, he said, woe unto me if I preach not, or if I don't preach the gospel. Woe, woe unto my Paul. The, I think it was Paul. Paul said, I'm going to be in trouble. I've got to, I've got to preach and share the word with this generation. So true faith. Now, if, if you feel like, ah, my faith. I don't need to do that much. I don't have to do nothing. I got my faith. It's not true faith. Because true faith is going to compel you and I to do something. What? It's going to compel us to do what God has instructed us to do. That's one of the characteristics of true faith. It compels people. You say, Apostle, what do you mean by compel? It forces people. True faith won't let you rest until you have done what God say do. True faith will not, true faith will keep pushing and pressing and, and until you do what God say do. Someone claims to have faith but has no deeds. Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, well fed, but does nothing. The writer said you, you, you're doing nothing about the physical needs of your brother. What good is that? James said, true faith is going to make you do something. It's going to make you do something. That's the one of the ways. If you're wondering, is my faith real? Is my Are you compelled to do something? 
In the same way, James says, verse 17, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, faith, faith will be true faith, genuine faith will be accompanied by genuine action. True faith will be accompanied by true action. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. May nothing and no one kill your faith today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. James says, show me your faith without your deeds. What What kind of faith is that? Show me, show me, show me what kind of faith you have without any deeds. And I will show you my faith by my deeds. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Your deeds and my deeds show what kind of faith we really have. Your deeds and my deeds, they show what what are we doing? It's showing what kind of faith we really have. You shudder that there is one, you believe that there is one God. Good, even demons believe that and shudder. James is letting us know even believing in, in one God is, that's, not, that's nothing real special. Demons believe in one God. But what demons are not doing is they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. May you and I do what we are supposed to be doing. Even in our imperfections, even with our mistakes, our shortcomings, let our goal, our sincere goal and desire be to do what we are supposed to be doing. James said, you foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Was not our father Abram considered righteous for what he did? God will consider us righteous for what we do. So we want to make sure that we are doing the right thing. Now, and then God says, deal with this and share this with my people, Robert. This is why the adversary wants to preach and teach unsound doctrine to you and I to get us doing the wrong things. Remember the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the scribes, the Essenes, the elders, they were preaching and teaching too. During the time that Jesus was preaching and teaching, they, just that Jesus had a very different message. But all these groups were preaching right along the time that Jesus was preaching. But he had, Jesus had a very different message. My prayer for you, children of God, is that you will have a very different message from the world. 
very different message from those who are religious but don't have a relationship with God. The difference between Jesus and the Pharisees and the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, these groups were religious, but they had no relationship. When you A relationship with God is what matters. My prayer for you today, if you don't get anything else, that you have relationship with God. Not just be religious. You know, religious, we go to church, religious, we we dressed up, religious, we can we can read a script. Uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh. Lord, I want relationship with you. I want to be able to talk if you my heavenly father, I want to be able to talk to you. My sons are gonna talk to me. In the natural or in the spiritual, I hate to get to the place where I'm too busy, where I can't talk to my my sons or my daughters. Father, you, my heavenly father, I want to talk to you. I want you to talk to me. Relationship. God wants relationship with you. God wants relationship with me. God don't just want you religious. God don't just want me religious. God wants relationship. Then our religion will have meaning. See, religion without relationship has no meaning. But religion with relationship has great meaning. God is our heavenly father. Talk to him. Talk to God. Commune with him. Fellowship with him. Spend time with him. I can't. I'm going to be lonely. Jesus said, Lord, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. And the Lord is with me. Listen, children of God, I be doing crazy stuff and the Lord be with me. Ain't no way I can go. I can't escape from him. I can't get away from him. I can't. They, everywhere I go, the Lord is there. When you when, listen, when you enter into the relationship with God, like you're supposed to, you'll never be lonely again. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, be sitting around the house. And see, this is how the adversary gets some of you. Get you to go out and do something crazy or be with some crazy group. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. See, all that means you don't have the right relationship with God. Because when you have the right relationship with God, you will ne- you will always know that you will never be alone again. Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So, my prayer and my hope for you, child of God, is that you will establish your relationship with God to you to the point that you will always know that he's with you. He's always with me. When I do right, 
the Lord is with me. When I do wrong, the Lord is with me. When I do good, the Lord is with me. When I'm doing evil, the Lord is with me. When I'm feeling good, the Lord is with me. When I'm feeling bad, the Lord is with you. Lo, I'll be with you, Robert. I'm with you, Robert. See, listen, listen. Every now the devil is too. I don't don't understand that. That that cartoon, you know, I, I we see on TV. I sometimes there be an angel speaking on one shoulder, and there be a devil speaking on another shoulder. That's not far from the truth. Because just as certain as the Lord is with us as children of God, the devil is with us trying to insert his two cents or trying to get us uh, to do his will too. And this is why children of God is so important for us. It's so, so important. Faith comes by hearing. It is so important for us to know what God says. See, when you know what God says, then you know what God didn't say. But if you don't know what God says, then you don't know what he didn't say. When your relationship with God is not where it should be or like it should be, everything becomes cloudy. Good, evil, right, wrong, everything's kind of cloudy. But as we establish our relationship more with God, Evil and good are much more separated. You know, the word of God, the Bible says the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from the eyesight of God. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So what is it that we understand? God's word is into separating. God's word will separate. It will separate what is good. From what is evil, it will separate what is right from what is wrong. It will separate what is true from what is false. It will separate so that we will know the difference. One of the first mistakes that man made in the garden was he did not properly discern the difference between what was good and evil. God spoke to Adam, told him, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. The serpent, under the unction of the 
the adversary, spoke and said, you will not surely die. God said, you will surely die. Four words. The serpent came in under the unction of the adversary and said, you will not surely die. Five words. Mm. You say, Apostle, why is that important? Because the adversary will want to change up one word from what God has said to get us going astray. That's why we got to be very, very careful with what God has said. Because the adversary just changed one word. And Adam and the woman went with that one word change and through humanity into sin. One word change. So we want to be very, very careful with God, with God's word. All right. Abraham was considered righteous for what he did. So we need this we need sound doctrine so we can do what is right. Sound doctrine will lead to you and I doing what is right. Unsound doctrine will lead to you and I doing what is wrong. Sound doctrine in the garden was do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Unsound doctrine in the garden was eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will not surely die. That one word change. One one word. Adam and the woman, had they had listened, you know, or not listened to that one word change that the adversary slipped in, they would have refrained from bringing all this sin into humanity. One word, one word change. So be careful, my brothers and my sisters. One word changes as as Caused people, ministries, groups, crowds to be to to be led astray. Think about it. it was one word change with the people gathered around Jesus when he was crucified. They were hollering, "Crucify him!" You know, somebody could have been hollering, "Don't crucify him!" But that one word change, one word, one word can do a lot of good in our life. One word can do a lot of bad in our life. Be careful with words. Abraham was considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. On the altar. You see that his 
faith and actions were working together. Now, understand, my brother and my sister, God wants to get our faith and our actions working together. The adversary wants to do two things. Either one, don't get your faith and your actions working together, or two, get you the wrong faith so you can have the wrong actions working together. He wants to do one or two things now. Don't it's either start to try to stop your faith and your actions from working together or get you with the wrong faith so that we'll have the wrong actions working together. We got to be very careful. Abraham's faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. This is why we need the right actions with our faith. Our actions will make our faith complete. You know, I think about we got, you know, uh, pancake mix, complete pancake mix. All you got to do is add water. You take the pancake mix, add water, cook it up, make good pancakes for you. But if you take that complete pancake mix, even though the mix is good, if you don't add the water and you try to try to make some pancakes, you're going to have a mess. Why? Because you need the water to make them complete. Well, what God is letting us know is that we need the actions, the proper actions to go with this proper faith. They got to work together. And the Bible says, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Why? Because he believed right and he did right. My prayer for every one of you today, under the sound of my voice, in the precious name of Jesus, is that not only will you and I believe right, but that you and I will do what is right. When we believe right and when we do right, we will be called God's friend. Bible says in verse 24, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So faith may come by hearing. In other words, hearing might get you started. But doing will bring you to completion. The early saints, they listened to the early apostles. They sat up under the apostles' doctrine. But they didn't stop with just hearing the apostles. They went on and did what the apostles were instructing. I, my prayer is that you're not just listening to what God has given me to say to you. My prayer is that you are doing or putting into practice what you are being taught, what you are being instructed. And as we do that, our faith is made complete. As you add water to those complete pancake, that complete pancake mix, that mix is made complete. So in the same way, the Bible says in verse 25, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous 
even Rahab, the prostitute. So the Bible is letting us know that Rahab had done some pretty terrible things. But now she has done one real good thing. And as a result, she was saved. She had done. She was a prostitute. She had done a whole lot of bad stuff. But now she has done one very positive thing, which was hide or she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. Just did one very positive thing after doing a or spending a lifetime doing very negative things. And she was considered righteous. So one righteous act counteracted all of the negative that she had been doing. My prayer for you today under the sound of my voice is that one righteous act, confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead, will counteract a lifetime of sin. That this day you will be saved. This day you will accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Just one righteous act changed her life. One righteous act caused her and her family to be saved. One righteous act. I'm going to finish up with verse 26 this morning. As the body without the spirit. Now, now we, we are made of spirit, soul, and body. God breathed into Adam the breath of life, which is man's spirit. We have a spirit, a human spirit. It's different from God's Holy Spirit. But we have a spirit, which is man's human spirit. All right? God breathed into Adam's. Let my, my, those of you can see my fingers, and I want to use my fingers. Those of you that are listening on talk show, you just have to, to visualize. These three fingers on my hand, my pointing finger, my middle finger, and my ring finger. Let the pointing finger represent man's spirit, man's human spirit. Let my ring finger represent man's body. Remember, spirit, soul, and body. My pointing finger is representing man's spirit. My ring finger is indicating or representing man's body. Man breathed into Adam the breath of life, my pointing finger. Breathed into Adam's body, the breath of life. And the Bible says man became a living being or a living soul. When man's spirit reacted with man's body, man became a living soul. God is very big on getting the right two things together. See, when God gets the right two things together, something very different is able to happen. You find it throughout the scriptures. There'll be certain things that God wants to get together. God wants to get together, get you and I together 
with the right brother or the right sister in the faith. You say, Apostle, how do you know this? The Bible says one of us has chased a thousand, two of us are put ten thousand to flight. So God be saying, I want to hook you up with the right person. As a as a a single man or a single woman that God wants to get you married, he wants to hook you up with the right person. God wants to hook you up with the right church. It's, God don't just want you to go to church. God wants you to go to the right church. God don't want you to just go to church anymore than he just wants you to get married. He wants us with the right person in marriage. He wants us with the right pastor in church. He wants us with God wants us with the right stuff. When God breathed into Adam the breath of life, breathed into Adam's body the breath of life, Adam became a living soul. Just symbolic. I don't want to put my middle finger up because in the United States that has a a negative meaning. In many other countries around the world, that doesn't mean anything. But here in the United States, it, 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 it has a negative meaning. So, now, why has God given us this human spirit? Because he wants to connect it with his Holy Spirit. Why has God given us these physical bodies? Because he wants us to do uh, the works that God has for you and me to do. God gives us a spirit to connect with him in the spiritual world. God gives us a body to do what he wants us to do in this physical world. We are spiritual beings. We are physical beings. Spirit is for the spiritual world. Body is for the physical world. So the faith is basically what we are taking and doing from the spiritual world. The works is basically what we are doing in the physical world. So we need to be connected right in the spiritual world so that we can do what is right in the physical world. The reason why people do the wrong things in the physical world is because they are connected wrong in the spiritual realm. I, I My spirit goes to one of my friends down in Tanzania. I was just with him and his wife. They owned a hotel, very beautiful hotel. They, and while I was down there for programs a couple of months ago, Bishop put us in uh, in their hotel. They would drive us back and forth from the hotel to the church for meetings. And one day after I had finished my my session, I was going out to the car to be driven back to the hotel. And the brother was driving the vehicle. He pulled it up, and I got into the vehicle. And it was just he and I before all the other pastors and saints got in the car. He said, Apostle, he said, I want to ask you something. I said, what's that man of God? He said, that man that just shot up 
all of those people in Las Vegas. We had just had a, a terrible shooting in Las Vegas. Uh individual had taken his gun, automatic weapon, and shot into a crowd of people, killed a number of people, injured a number of people. Very, very terrible. It had just had taken place here in the United States. He said, Apostle, what make him do that? I think I see uh, Pastor Dennis with us from, from Tanzania. Uh, this is one of the brothers that was at you all's church. He said, Apostle, what, what make him do that? I said, well, man of God, I said, look, if you never see me again, if I don't get a chance to come back to Tanzania, I pray that you remember these words. I said, everything that we do as human beings is either because God told us to do it or because some demonic spirit has told us to do it. Everything. We we are we are vessels that have to be filled either with the Holy Spirit or filled with demonic spirit, either filled with the spirit of God or filled with the spirit of the devil. I said, that, well, we, we are vessels. No more than a glass can fill itself with juice. A glass can have either orange juice poured in it or you could pour urine in it. You could, you know, you can put, but the glass has to be filled by an outside source. So do we as human beings. We have to be filled. We either filled by the Holy Spirit or we filled by demonic spirit. I said, now, all that happened with that man that shot up all of those people, the devil got into his mind. The devil suggested to him, you need to take your gun and kill as many people as you possibly can. The devil suggested it to him. He did not rebuke the devil. The Bible tells us to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into subjection every thought to the obedience of Christ. He didn't do that. He didn't cast down that imagination, that evil and wicked imagination of killing all of those people. He didn't do it. And he carried out what was spoken and suggested to him in the spiritual realm. I said, man of God, always remember, we either do what the Holy Spirit has said or we do what demonic spirits have said. You know, make it your ambition. And my prayer for every one of you saints under the sound of my voice is that you make it your ambition. It's my ambition we don't always do it, you know, but uh, let's make it our ambition to listen to the voice and the spirit of God. Here in the United States, you know, as great a country as this is, I've been to 40, 50 nations around the world, I, and I love the United States. This is the greatest country that I have ever been in. I thank God every day for the privilege of being able to live in such a great country. But we do some of the craziest stuff. You know, a lot of times we will spend 
uh, all kinds of money and ask all kind of questions and have a kind of do doctors and scientists trying to figure out why uh, individuals have done what they've done. And, they, you know, it's very simple. You either did it because God told you to do it or you did it because the devil told you to do it. At the end of the day, whatever we do and see God is 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 keeping track of what we do. You might not know why you did that right there, but God knows exactly why you did that. And God is going to hold you and I accountable for every deed that we have done while in these mortal bodies. So I want to encourage you, child of God. Let us make it our ambition, our heartfelt and our sincere ambition to do as much of what God say as we can. To evaluate our motives, evaluate what we're saying, what we're thinking, and try to line it up with what God has said and what God wants us to do. And in doing that, my brother and my sister, God will be pleased. God will be pleased. You know, it's a terrible thing when individuals are not discerning and are not thinking about why they're doing what they're doing. Because our God is. Everything we do, our God is watching. Everything we say, our God is listening to. Everything. All right, children of God, we've gone over the time. Um, we've gone over the time. Let me sign out. I pray that you've been blessed at the preaching and the teaching of God's word. Uh, the Lord willing, we'll be with you this evening uh, as we will be on a new subject. Uh, faith comes by hearing. Just remember that if you want your faith to increase, you got to increase your hearing. You've got to increase your hearing of the right thing. And the right thing is the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let us listen more to what God has said. This world we live in is all kind of stuff to listen to. You can, and these computers, these smartphones, and you man, you can get some of anything on these things. God wants us to hear him and to listen to him. May God bless you, brothers and sisters. Uh, again, contact us. Let us know how God is blessing you. If you want to be a blessing to the ministry, uh, feel free to go to our church website or our talk show homepage, and uh, and even uh, here on Facebook, we've got uh, our church website listed up there. May God con con continue to bless each of you, and heaven smile on you. This is Apostle Brian signing out.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.